Welcome back to the Standing Room Only podcast. This is episode 63. Big news happening this week. We're going to go over the Nolan Arenado trade, Super Bowl picks, and then talk about Damian Lillard, the Nets, the Mavericks, and Bradley Beal for the NBA segment. If you guys do enjoy the podcast, make sure you download it. Best way to show support. Uh, it's pretty much the only way we can see our statistics for each episode. So make sure to do that. You can always delete it after if needed. Also, you can follow our social media pages at SROnlyPod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow our personal pages. Mine is at the Healy6. I'm iGoose with four O's. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. Do your thing. Hit that follow button. So we're just going to get right into it. Nolan Arenado is officially a St. Louis Cardinal. I, I just... What were other teams offering the Rockies? Because the Cardinals got a steal. They didn't give up their Nolan, Nolan Gorman, their prized third base prospect at all. Instead, they gave up $50 million, 35 this year. So the, the Cardinals are paying Arenado nothing this year. And then the remaining money is just deferred. And uh, the Rockies, they get Austin Gomber, Mateo Gill, Tony Loki, Losi, uh, Ellie Harris, Montero, and Jake Summers. No big names from the Cardinals prospect list. So Montero is the seventh. He was the seventh prospect according to Keith Law's last look. But besides that, I think in the actual MLB rankings and whatnot, none of these guys were in the top 10. And the Cardinals get pretty much the best third baseman in baseball. He does have an opt-out year next year. Uh, He also gets an an additional opt-out year added to his contract for the following year as well. And then he's signed until 2027 uh, throughout that. So Nolan Arenado could leave after this year or next year. Most likely, if it came down to it, it would be next year because the Cardinals have a pretty decent team at this point. But I guess that's good for him because let's say this Cardinals team just doesn't end up doing well and he's worth a lot of money. He could easily just opt out and go to a better better spot. But if he ends up liking St. Louis, he should stay there. He is going to be 30 pretty much around the time the season starts. And by the time that opt-out year comes, he'd be 32. And I don't know how much money he'd get paid, but who knows? The salaries keep getting higher and higher. What did you think about the trade? At first, I was expecting bigger names, bigger prospects on that list. And once I saw the trade details and I saw that not only did the Rockies give away Nolan Arenado, who's basically dominated since he's been in the big leagues, but the fact that they traded away like 50 mil or 55 million as well to say, hey, it raised the question for me, like what were other teams offering him? Because just a couple of years ago, at least being in Chicago, there was this rumor that Chris Bryant was on the block and maybe they're going to. They're going to trade Chris Bryant to, to the Rockies and, and somehow make it work. And Nolan Arenado was going to come over to Chicago. Obviously, it's their arch enemies. It's their rival, right? 
but I was very surprised. I mean, I wasn't surprised that he got traded maybe at the time. Like I didn't, we haven't heard of him getting traded, like at least leading up to this, we've heard about it the last couple of years uh, for what he got traded for. I was shocked. I was shocked. And the fact that he has the opt out ability, um, I guess that's like the only thing, maybe, maybe they know something that we don't know. I feel like it makes you wonder, like, what did other teams offer? Did they find out that he wants to approach free agency after this year? Maybe he wants a bigger contract because his two, eight-year, $260 million contract that he signed back, you know, a couple of years ago or whenever it was isn't enough. Maybe he wants more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was very shocked and confused, which I'm sure a lot of people are. Um, but, I mean, the Cardinals just got a whole lot better and the Rockies obviously didn't. But it's going to raise the question. This is going to be a true test. Uh, the Rockies, Colorado is always a baseball hitter's dream stadium. When you're there half the season, you're playing 80-plus games, you are bound to hit quite a bit of home runs. It's, I mean, it's clear. It happens. Most of their players are always home run hitters um, simply because the ball flies out. Now, is that still going to continue for him down in St. Louis or over in St. Louis? I still think he's going to be great. I know last year was a little bit of an off year, but I mean, nobody's really keeping track of the 2020 baseball season. Like that was, we're just going to throw that away. Not that guys didn't deserve it. World series was very well deserved by the uh, Dodgers, but I'm going to, I'm going to look past his bad season, quote unquote, and just look at the sole fact that this guy has dominated at the plate defensively is not bad. So yeah, uh, surprised and confused. That's like my two biggest reactions. It was First, it was surprised, and then it was confused, and I'm still a little confused by it. I just don't understand how the Rockies couldn't get their third base prospect. Like, is is now Nolan Gorman just going to play first base? Are they going to use him in a different trade? They're going to have to call him up at some point or use him, and he was supposed to be that left-handed uh, hitting third baseman. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I, I just – it's weird, but, yeah, it's – gonna be bittersweet i like nolan arenado but when he destroys the cubs man that's gonna be that's not gonna be great you're gonna have him and goldschmidt in the same lineup kind of unreal that's that's a great duo right there instantly puts the cardinals as a contender for the nl central nl central Mm -hmm. is still pretty weak i still think the cubs could win it still think the cardinals could win it the Reds, they're still there as well, even with losing Trevor Bauer. I just I don't see them re-signing him. Then the Brewers, they're just okay. They did sign Colton Wan today, which stole him from the Cardinals, which is great. And then the Pirates are the Pirates. They they aren't gonna do much. So definitely will help them out. And it's just it's unfortunate. The St. Louis Cardinals, always a great always. underrated organization. Yeah, and they have been for a while. They're, they've always had those teams that where they don't have the best player in the league at one point. Maybe they did with Albert Pujols for a while. I'll give them that. But even after that, like they were, they were always contending. They're always winning. They're always competing. Uh, even in the past couple of seasons, where yeah, they have Paul Goldschmidt, who yeah, he's he's good. He's good. I'll give it to him. He's a good first baseman. But besides that, it's just got they know how to click very well. And I think Nolan Arenado is going to fit right in. I mean, he'll fit in with any ball club. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cubs fans. We were hoping for better news after getting rid of all the pitching. Uh, instead, the Cardinals went off and got Arenado for a pack of bubble gum. I hope you guys like mint. 
Yeah, and I feel like Arenado is going to have a DJ LeMahieu type season. He went from Colorado, went to the mm-hmm. Yankees, and he played so well. Mm-hmm. No, the Yankees ballpark fits him very well. He likes hitting it to right field a little bit. The field is smaller there, so helps him out. He has a great lineup around him. He was known for his contact beforehand. Arenado, he should do great things again. And what's great is being out of Colorado now, he should win an MVP or two, you'd think, especially if he puts up those same numbers. He's no longer going to get the, oh, he has these great numbers due to him being in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, that was one. I mean, that's all eyes are on him right now and that Cardinals franchise. I mean, the fact that they got away with it and all the news reports are why that's bad for baseball and blah, da, 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 da. I mean, at the end of the day, let him play and let's see what he does. I mean, his numbers, I mean, we could just go over since 2013 when he started in the big leagues. Uh, You know, one, two, he's had three, four. He's had, no, I'm sorry, one, two, three, 40 home run seasons. He's hit for at least 37 home runs since 2015 not including last year last year was a shortened season doesn't really count do i expect him to hit another 35 home runs easily is he gonna drive in another 130 runs like he normally does i feel like it's gonna be pretty damn close if he does that and keeps that 300 batting average and this team does end up taking this division there's no way he's not gonna be at least top two top three for mvp in that nl uh in the nl mvp race so Mm -hmm. Man, the season, it's supposed to start on time. Uh, That's what MLB said. We're still unaware if NL is going to get the DH, if there's going to be expanded playoffs. It's weird how it's just like always a toss-up and not going to be official before the season starts. Mm -hmm. So expect the season to start on time. Pitchers and catchers report in a couple weeks. Fun stuff. Baseball is coming. And also uh, minor... Somewhat of a minor signing. The Twins did retain Nelson Cruz, which is great for their team. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's going to help out that lineup a lot. White Sox fans, unfortunate there. But we are going to move over to the NFL talk. The big topic of this week's episode, the Super Bowl. Oh, man. I'm excited. I am excited. You know what? My Packers lost. We talked about it last week. I am still excited. As much as I would love to see Rodgers versus Brady, or I'm sorry, Rodgers versus Mahomes, the Battle of the State Farm, you cannot go wrong with Tom Brady looking to solidify his GOAT status. If he Mm -hmm. wins this, there is no argument. I will never argue again in my life. I will never argue again. Granted, does he have one of the best defenses in the league this year? Arguably. Does he have probably the most weapons offensively? Arguably. But I'm not going to argue if he can end up beating this good of a Kansas City Chiefs team. This is a team that won it last year that honestly probably should have won two years ago that blew it at the end of the game on an offsides call against the Patriots. This is a dynasty versus someone who literally defined the word dynasty. You don't spell dynasty without Tom Brady right there in the middle. You, If you don't see it, then you're not looking. Pat Mahomes, granted, is not a Hall of Famer yet. But there's no reason he's not going to break every record in the next 10 to 12 years. 10 to 12 years. I'm talking 5,000 passing yards, almost like eight times out of that. 
This team right now is better than what they were last year. This is a team that if they played in last year's Super Bowl, never would have trailed uh, the 49ers ever. They, 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 they're clicking more. McCole Hardman is being used way more. He's always hurt. We don't know what he's going to be. He's a toss-up. Honestly, he could be a toss-out. No offense to him, but when you have Tyreek Hill, you have Travis Kelsey, who exploded this year. Compared to last year, I didn't know he can get any better than that because tight ends normally don't. He is one of the best tight ends we have ever seen play the game in a short career. Yes, one of the best we have ever seen. The defense makes the right plays at the right time. We saw what they did against the Bills. They kind of toyed with the Bills a little bit. But there's the but. Is Tom Brady. This is another game for him. This is going to be his ninth Super Bowl. Ten. Tenth Super Bowl. This is ten. Ten, ten Super Bowls. He's six and three. He's going for seven and three. One of the most winningest quarterbacks, one of the most winningest players in the history of sports. And it's, I don't want to say it's effortless because there's definitely some games where he's had to bust ass and like really, really grind it through. And I don't know who to pick in this game. It's, it's, I'm torn. I'm so torn. You bet one way because, yeah, I mean, statistically, are they the best team? Are they the fastest team? Do they have Pat Mahomes? Yes. But do you bet against Tom Brady, the weapons, Antonio Brown, all these guys, may I add, uh, that are in the Super Bowl? (laughs) Le'Veon Bell, who's obviously on the Chiefs, and then Antonio Brown. Who would have thought that they were going to be in the Super Bowl playing each other during all this a few years ago when they were splitting up, going through the base breakup since I don't even know. And – I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm torn. That Bucks defense crushed. They were getting to Aaron Rodgers. What are your thoughts on this Super Bowl? Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna be all over social media leading up to this game as well, guys. So make sure you look out for that. But Healy, what are your thoughts on this? Who do you think? I know we talked about it briefly. We didn't want to give our exact predictions, but let's go over the game, the favorite, and the spread, and what we think about that. I I'm gonna stick with my preseason prediction, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win. I hate going against Tom Brady. I would love for Tom Brady to get his seventh Super Bowl in a different uniform in his first season with them. But honestly, I think Pat Mahomes, best quarterback in the league, he already has an MVP, a Super Bowl under his belt. And that offense, I think, is just... It, it, it's somewhat matched compared to the the Bucks def or Bucks offense. I think it's just so much better. It's so hard for any team to compete with the pace that the uh, Chiefs put up. Yeah, they it's- score so effortlessly, and their success rate of scoring is insane. So it's i just can't pick the buccaneers i want to i really want to pick brady but unfortunately i can't yeah yeah i mean a lot of fans it's weird because after a while i don't know about you but like i know a lot of people myself after a while you're like i'm tired of seeing tom brady and this patriots team in the super bowl this whole thing he splits up he goes to the bucks there's always talk there's talk about it right they're like oh he's got to lead him to the super bowl cuz he's tom brady then it's like are we sure it wasn't just the franchise with the Patriots and Belichick and, you know, their weapons on defense? Brady's here to prove a point. 
he's here to prove a point. It's it's almost like I went from hating to see Tom Brady in the Super Bowl because it's the same story every year to it's a whole new story. Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl with a wild card football team. Now, are they a wild card? Are they truly a wild card? No, they're not. It just so happened that the Saints were really good throughout the year. They beat up on Tampa throughout the regular season. Obviously, wasn't enough in the playoffs, but... I'm, I would, I can, my, my pick is the Kansas city chiefs. Cause that's realistically, if it was green Bay, I still, as much as I don't want to go against green Bay, I would probably still bet on green Bay. Realistically. I know deep down the chiefs are the better team, no matter who they had to play. It's that pace. If they can somehow get to Pat Mahomes and force a couple of plays, we've seen Pat Mahomes get sloppy in a game or two. Um, where he was throwing pick after pick. I think it was against like the Broncos or somebody, some random team in the middle of the, mm-hmm. like towards the end of the season. And they were still up a bunch of points. They were, they were, but for me, it was nice. Cause he was going against me in fantasy football. So I needed that. So I needed those, those turnovers. But my point is, is, is there potential for a shootout? Yes. Cause the chiefs defense isn't that great they're not that good they make good plays they know how to make the right plays obviously tyron matthew they have you know jones they have so many guys on the defense but i don't see the chiefs defense being that much better than green bay's defense and we saw what tom brady did to green bay in the first half the second half was different so i do think that it is going to be a close game and this is what the experts the money lines the bookies whatever you want to call them they have Buccaneers, Chiefs. Chiefs are negative 165. Bucks are plus 145 for the money line. If you look at the over-under, it's 56 and a half, which is a very good, that's an honest over-under. However, you look at it, if it's 37 to 30, what is that? 20, I don't know my math right now, 29, or you know, it could be 28 to 27, around there, right around there, right? 30 to 27, whatever you want to, however you want to add that up. If you're a point over, a point behind, give or take a few points. The spread is Kansas City's the favorite by three points. They're giving them the field goal advantage, which is ironic because historically, when a team is as good as the Buccaneers and they play home, they get that spread. But no, it's a little different. I'm sure you're going to get a majority of Bucs fans, and that very well may make the difference in this game. The Bucs are home. They're home. However you look at this, the Buccaneers are the home team. They are the home team with Tom Brady, with the weapons. They're going to go out there. And, I mean, the three-point spread, I think, is fair. I would call it a 2.5 to be because the Bucks are home. But I like that. I would say the Chiefs by three points is going to be the uh, the Super Bowl result. And it's going to come down to making the whoever makes that last mistake in the fourth quarter, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I just... I could see the Patriots or Patriots. I could see the Chiefs kind of like running away with the game. I don't know. I just man, the defense that they went up against last year, the 49ers defense that they went up against was they got so shut down. Good. They got the 49ers should have won that game. I just I just don't see it happening again. They'd still allowed 31 points to the Chiefs last year. That defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
Granted, all of it was in the second half, and the 49ers did fold like a folding chair, like a folding table. But that is a good point. And that is why I can't go against the Chiefs because I do feel like they learned from that game and they came out blazing this season. They came out blazing. They came out blazing. I didn't even think uh, Mahomes was going to be ready for the last game and he came back. We don't know. We don't know if he truly had a concussion. He may have just gotten knocked, you know, knocked out a little bit. But I can't, I can't go against the Chiefs. I do believe that the Bucs are going to keep it close because that is just the story. That just has to be the story. Tom mm-hmm. Brady goes down, passing of the torch to the next generation of football, the next generation of this is basically us growing up with Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and the Brett Favs and uh, there's not too many other great quarterbacks like that. Pat Mahomes, for the kids that are coming up behind us, that generation, that is who he is to us, is the Tom yeah. Brady, is the Drew Brees. So I do believe this is going to be the passing of the torch, but it's going to be a close game. I don't see Brady going down without a fight. And plus, they do have a run game sometimes. If they can get Jones going and, and Leonard Fournette, I think that they can slice up the Chiefs' defense. It's just going to be when will they stop Pat Mahomes? That, that's going to be the big question. Yeah, we are going to be putting out a poll on Twitter. Uh, so if you guys follow our social media there, make sure to vote. We're going to go over the results next week along with the game. So make sure to get your vote in there. I'm going to be tweeting out on my personal Twitter a bunch. So, yeah, make sure. I, I want to see what you guys think. I want to see exactly what you guys think will happen. And, yeah, hopefully it's a good game. I, that's all I want. I don't care who wins, really. I just want a good game. I got a reminder on my phone the other day about the 13 to three victory. The Patriots had over the Rams, probably the worst Super Bowl I've ever watched. It was horrible. That should have been the chiefs in that game. That should have been chiefs Rams. And we should have saw a rematch of that regular season. I think it was a Monday night football game where they exploded for over a hundred total points. I'll never forget that. Cause I was like, at this point, if green Bay is not going to make it, Make it worthwhile. Give me, you know, the Rams and 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 the Chiefs, and obviously it was the Patriots. And don't get me wrong, defenses are great. I mean, you want a good defensive battle, but when you're mm-hmm. putting up three points, you shouldn't have been in the game in the first place. Yep. The spread is what almost fifty five points. Like I said, right? It's at fifty six and a half. Give me the spread, or not the spread, the over under. Give me the over on that game. That's all I'm asking. Give me the over on that game. So make sure to follow our social media, man. And I'm just excited. I'm excited to talk about it. Hopefully there's no COVID cases, especially with that scare that the chiefs had today. Hopefully there's no COVID cases, but yeah, good game next week. Now it's time to talk about some basketball. Oh yeah. As bulls fans, don't really want to talk about this Damian Lillard moment, but man, he put up six points in the final 10 seconds of the game to give the trailblazers the win. He's also been just going off in games. He was, he pulled a little bit of a Tracy McGrady esque final moments there. I thought the game was over. I thought the game was over. I think I texted you. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, the Bulls just beat the Blazers. Granted, yeah. without CJ McCollum because he broke his foot or whatever it is. 
I was like, but they're playing good again. They're playing good against another solid team. Unfortunately, that was not the situation. That was not the situation whatsoever. Dame time took over, game-winning three. And it was off of a turnover, too. We turned the ball over. Um, it was a jump ball. It was mm-hmm. a jump ball situation. Yeah, it was so supposed Zach to be Levine, a foul. but It should have been. Zach Levine couldn't really keep control of the ball and uh, ended up being a jump ball. And Dame time did, does what he does. I mean, game-winning shots his whole career. Talk about a clutch player. Talk about that team. Talk about Dame Lillard and that team in the West. At some point, you think it is time for Dame to win a championship. It's time. They're 11-9 and right now. They fall right in the seventh seed, right in front of Houston, Golden State, right behind Memphis. Five through eight is always a huge toss-up in the West, and it will be. Before, they used to be like, one through eight was like right within a few games of each other. Yep. The West is starting to, I don't want to say dumbed down, but the competition's getting a little bit better. I would like to see Dame win a championship. He's loyal to his team. He's night in, night out. He's putting up really good numbers. I mean, you're talking about a guy who currently is averaging almost 30 points a game again. He's almost 40% from threes at like 38%, seven assists. He's only turning the ball over three times a game. There's players out there like Zach Levine who turns it over five, six times a game. This is a guy who likes to win basketball games. He's clutch. McCollum's out. He's got a broken foot. Gary Trent Jr. stepping up. He's, he's definitely stepping up. I would like to see Dame win a championship. I just don't see it happening with this Blazers team. I love Carmelo. Carmelo's not the Carmelo that they were hoping to get. He's good off the bench. If you need a scorer, he's good. Definitely deserves to be in the league. Dame Lillard needs more help than CJ McCollum. Having two good guards and nobody else does nothing for your team. Nurkic is out. I feel like he gets hurt all the time. And his Cantor, who's pretty good center, used to be at least, when he was with them once before, is not the same. They don't have answers for this Western Conference. They just don't have it. Nonetheless, Dame Lillard is arguably the best point guard that we've seen in this era. Yeah, the Trailblazers, as long as he's with the Trailblazers, I just don't see them ever winning. He's it's Bradley Beal with Washington. It's the same situation. Like, yeah, there's a cap room in the NBA, but I just don't feel like the Trailblazers are all are gonna meet that uh cap cap space or whatever. And also like attract other superstars to play for Portland when they could be playing for Chicago, New York. Dallas, like uh, L.A. It's funny how I say New York and Chicago and they haven't won in forever, but still they're mm-hmm. big market teams. Yep. You can make a lot of money there. I just I just don't see the, the Trailblazers ever winning with him. I don't. It's not going to happen. They haven't been good since the Drexler era. Once had Scottie Pippen, I guess that was a good team. But without getting a wingman – like a like a great stretch forward, I don't think they'll ever ever compete in the West. At least, I mean, if they were a team in the East, they'd probably win more. 
But in the West, that the West is always, always overpowered compared to the East, and mm-hmm. too many good teams there. So, but speaking of Dame Lillard and Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal is another topic. We saw him frustrated on the sideline, ready to go, ready to pack his bags, tell Washington, keep it, keep the money, get rid of me. Right? At least we think. And then news drops. I think last night, yesterday, sometime, social media. Bradley Beal does not want to get traded. He wants to stick with Washington. Is it a smart move? To I mean, I feel like that, like you should say that, right? But not nowadays because everybody is verbal. They're animated. They're they're upset. They're showing it. They're upset. They're verbal. Hey, trade me to a team that's going to contend. Because, you know, I'm your GM and you have to do what I tell you because that's the mindset for players nowadays. You're going to trade me because I don't want to I don't want to deal with this losing team, even though I'm part of the losing team. Right. Mm-hmm. No, Bradley Beal tells the media, I don't want to get traded. I want to stick with Washington. Washington, the ball's in your court. He literally just told you. Not only am I doing my best, not only am I putting up 50-point games, 60-point games, night in, night out, averaging over 35 points a game. What are you doing to help me? Help me. He's literally saying, all you got to do is help me. Let's win. Let's build a winning franchise. Trading John Wall had to happen. Keeping Russ Westbrook does not have to happen. Westbrook had a good game in his last game. They hit like back-to-back threes. It was nuts. It was like Beal. They stole the inbounds. Westbrook hits the three right after. Craziest series. To beat the Nets. To beat the Nets, which is another topic. Keep that thought in your mind. Do you believe, and I'm just asking this because I think it's obvious, are the Washington Wizards trying to tank? And if they are, after hearing this, does their game plan change moving forward? Like trade deadline, I feel like right now, why not? Westbrook's good enough to get better assets, a draft pick and a solid player that could be a third or fourth option moving forward. Because we have free agency coming up, so on and so forth. His contract is heavy. Or if I'm Washington, do I still package those two guys or do i package beal and send them off because who cares we want to tank anyways um i just i don't understand why beal changed all of a sudden i don't know if you saw a clip from the other day he wasn't even uh high-fiving his team he was, oh, he was standing, upset he was standing in the corners like with his hands down did he finally succumb to the social media pressure because the social media is grilling him he's the one that signed the contract in 2019 he's the one that signed it a year ago like just over a year ago he could have easily just not and went to a different team he signed it all of a sudden he's acting like a baby i guess both was kind of wrong like you could ask a trade for at that point but like him just not giving any effort while playing for that team i think was wrong in a point but man is he trying to just ease up a little bit so that they trade him i don't know but the the wizards team not great defensively i i like your point in which they can trade westbrook i don't think they trade him this year though 
I feel like maybe next year would be the move or maybe this or off season, season mm-hmm. if a team's looking for him. I think the best thing that Beal did, I kind of just thought about it. Why not say, yeah, I want to stick it out. I want to build a winning franchise. How many other owners or GMs around the league are now like, wait, he's loyal. He gets a paycheck. He gets a huge contract. He's loyal to the city that he reps. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a mind game. Maybe it's, he's like, well, let me increase my value to the GM mm-hmm. now. Cause what if I, I mean, what if I go to another franchise and I start losing? What's going to happen? Am yeah. I, is he going to do the same thing? So there's so many thoughts that go into it, but whenever the trade deadline is, I know it's not for a little bit. I'm excited because there should be so many guys moving. Maybe, maybe we'll see. Yeah. That's going to lead us to, as you mentioned, the Brooklyn Nets. That's another team. The Brooklyn Nets are a team that's super duper loaded with not very much going on for their bench. They don't have a bench mob. They have some guys stepping up, like Jeff Green. That's pretty much it. I guess Jeff Green's like their sixth man who steps in and starts every now and then. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Jordan is okay at center. They've been struggling. The Nets have been struggling. And I know that there's been plenty of games where they don't play all three guys. They let a guy rest. It does have, and it's going to continue to happen. It's happening all over the league. They did finally pull off a close one yesterday against the Los Angeles Clippers, which was fully loaded. They were healthy. They had Kawhi go off. They had Paul George playing well, the rest of the team. They pulled it off. They got a win. Maybe this sparked something. But looking at statistics and seeing what these guys are doing individually is so good, but they're struggling. On the defensive end. It's the defensive end. In the East, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine in the East. There's no doubt about it. Those three with any two guys, you do, they can pick us up on that starting five, me and you, and we'll probably end up winning at least 60% of the games because they're going to control the whole game. Yeah. But it's scary to see them struggling in this stretch because what's going to happen in the playoffs? What if they start struggling and it's a stretch that they're struggling in? Now all of a sudden they go from our favorite in the East and maybe to win the, the championship to – First round elimination by Toronto? Like, you know what I mean? I, I, I think they'll be fine, but I, I definitely think it's a huge topic right now um, that the Nets are struggling with the big, like the biggest three we've seen in a while. Yeah. They aren't struggling at scoring. We saw them score 147 the other day, but they allowed 149. They also allowed, I can't remember, uh, what was the other team they just played that wasn't so great? That they allowed just so many points to be scored on them. Uh, you're talking about well, is OKC put up 147? Yeah, OKC. Okay, that was OKC. They allowed an OKC team. Washington. Not great. They Not lost great. to Washington, 146 to 149. Yeah, and then the Hawks allowed. They allowed 124 to the Hawks, 125 to the Thunder. They've allowed 124 to the Heat, 125 to the Cavs, 147 to the Cavs, and that double and that OT thriller. That was I forgot it was an OT game. Still, they allowed a bunch of points there. Their mm-hmm. defense just isn't it. And as I keep saying, almost every episode, 
I think that nothing's really going to change until the Nets or until these teams start releasing these veterans that are just going to sign with the Nets eventually. They kind of yeah. they kind of just have to hold their own until they can get one of these like a couple of these big guys to help out. Cuz so that's their biggest need. You have DeAndre Jordan, and that's it. Jeff Green fits in well, spaces the offense, but when you have Kyrie on the floor, James Harden, underrated defender. Kevin Durant, okay. Joe Harris, okay. You're going to get burned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it at the end of the day. They're missing a couple pieces. They are. Like every franchise we see that has been in the finals recently, there's those glue guys that come off the bench. They're role players. They're literally, their role is to be at the right place, make the right plays. You don't have to go off. You don't have to, you know, it's like PJ Tucker with the Rockets. He's not going to average 15 points a game. He might have a 15 point game here and there, but he's a role player. Mm -hmm. So they definitely need another piece, another veteran to kind of be a little bit more of the glue there. But yeah, those three alone, sure. They can put up 130 points as we've seen all year. If you're putting up, if you're giving up 131 or, or more, it's, you're going to lose. You're going to lose a lot. And also, I, I guess this question's been answered from, like, what we were saying of who's going to take a step back. The one player that's taken a step back with the Nets that's actually pretty good that he's doing this, James Harden. He's James the Harden, one yeah. taking the step back. He's averaging, yep. he's, like, averaging a triple-double since he got there, especially when the big three play. He's only scoring, like, 23-ish points when they all three play which is solid, but like knowing him and his 35 per game average, like the past couple of years, that's, it's not even close, but he's assisting, he's grabbing boards. He's playing that team basketball and that's what you like to see. Oh, the Nets. We'll see if their struggles on the defensive end continue next week. And then uh, another team that's struggling a little bit, the Mavericks. Quite a bit. Yeah. The Dallas Mavericks. They did end up winning today as as we're recording this episode against the Hawks. Somewhat another struggling team. But, man, I sent Goose a picture yesterday, a tweet, of all the Dallas Mavericks, how many offensive points they're adding to the team, and how many defensive points they're adding to the team. And Luka is just so he had so many points to the team on the offensive and defensive end. And then everyone else is like close to the zero line for both, or they're in the negatives for one of them. It's just, yeah. it's not great. It's their offense is literally Luca Hardaway Brunson and a little bit of Porzingis sprinkled in there who is I mean he's actually doing okay coming back from his injury that team needs help Dallas is always that weird team they that's another team where it's like they'll have one great player they've always had Dirk who's always he was always great and then you get like a two guard that doesn't really do much other than score aka uh uh who was I talking about uh Hardaway so I I don't know. I don't know what they're missing. Maybe they're missing Porzingis. Maybe they need him to come back and just play full time. But obviously with a lingering injury, it makes it hard. This is a team that I thought for sure was going to be easily sliding into the playoffs, which they still can. It's still early. They're they're not far off from uh, being in the playoff picture. 
right now they are what is their record right now they're eight and 13 so there are a few games out of being in the eighth spot being in the playoff picture and there's obviously going to be a play in for the playoffs so I think they're okay. Luca got it. It's funny. Social media blows up because Luca has uh, isn't scoring as much as he was last year. He's off by like a point. If that his field goal percentage dropped two percent, people are making it seem like it's Luca's fault. Luca is putting up elite numbers. Get off Luca's jock. Like seriously, get off get off his back. He's still playing great. He needs a team around him. It takes a whole team to win, especially in the Western Conference. And like you mentioned, he had a huge game today. They went off and they beat the Atlanta Hawks tonight as we're recording right now. The game just ended 122 to 116. Giving up 116 is not great. Like, that's not good. But their offense did it. Luco goes off for 27, 14 assists, eight boards. Porzingis has 24 and 11. Those two alone, when those two do that, the other guys will fill in. You have Hardaway off the bench with 22. You have Josh Richardson, just guys who just are there to score the ball. They're not stat stuffers. They're not there to get a bunch of rebounds, a bunch of assists. They're literally there to shoot, and that's all they have. So maybe they are missing one more piece, a guy who can facilitate, uh, dominate the paint a little bit better, grab more boards. I don't know, but they are missing another piece. Yeah, so I hope to see them turn it around. I, they definitely should, especially with how the West is this year. A lot of great teams, but... You'd expect the talent on that that Mavericks team. Are they a championship contender this year? I still think they're kind of a year away. I thought that, like, this year I thought they were going to make that push and, like, be one of the contenders, especially with how they played in the playoffs against the Clippers. But, unfortunately, that's just not the case. This kind of a weird year. But, hey, Luka's, like, 21, 22 yeah he still has a a lot of time left in his career and he's just he's just blossoming at the moment yep so yeah that's gonna wrap up the episode guys just remember tune into our social media twitter specifically we are gonna have a poll out as soon as tonight so if you guys are listening to this podcast it it is either midnight going on to Thursday or it's Thursday morning, whatever the time is. Check out our Twitter, SR Only Pod. Follow us there. Follow us on Instagram as well. Uh, make sure that if you are listening to us on Apple Podcast or on Spotify, you hit that download button, guys. That is the only way we can see our true analytics. That's like our view count as of right now. Make sure you follow our personal accounts as well. I'm iGoose with four O's. I'm on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. We have Healy as well. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Healy Six, and then YouTube and Twitch Healy Six. So we will see you guys next week, and hope you have a wonderful weekend. Yes.